SITREP Overheard, when for the next 30 minutes we invite you to eavesdrop on the SITREP Gossip on this and that. This and that this week is all about leadership. How do we rate our leaders, past and present, admirals, generals, air marshals, not forgetting politicians with me at the SITREP Roundtable. This year tomorrow of the Limehouse Group of Analysts, Dr Marty McCauley of University College London and Global Radio News Chief Foreign Correspondent and commentator Christopher Walker. Um, Christopher, you watch this pretty closely. Politics in the UK is a bit of a mess, isn't it? And polling... I was looking at the polls, and um, I sat through the uh, party conferences uh, as a sort of penance. Well done. Why did you stay away? Well, for three weeks. Um, And what's interesting from the polls, this made no impression whatsoever on the electorate. Now, why? Uh, Well, I think people have already made their mind up. There's a 100-seat lead... Uh, in the in the polls for the Tories, that's about as much as they can expect. expect Gordon Brown say... did nothing to oh. recoup things. The Liberals were irrelevant, and uh, basically, people may not like Cameron, <clears throat> but they like change. Hang on, any Liberals here? Actually, you're a Liberal. <laughs> no, I, I was going to say by coincidence, this is the fiftieth this month, the fiftieth anniversary of my arrival from the Kurdish highlands 50th. of the Middle East, fiftieth into Britain, I and I have watched I've watched British politics in a way from the outside, as well as being part of the British press. I do not remember a time when British politicians have been so distrusted by the British people as a class. So well, that's their expenses, isn't it? That's not just expenses. It's not just. And now, and man, Mr. Legg has confessed... Mr. Who? Mr. Legg. Who, who he? He's, the, he's been adding up all the numbers, uh, how much... Uh, the, he's the man that's investigating what the, Ameri- what the uh, politicians do with their experiences. Yes, and he's, he's, he's discovered that he is a dud mathematician yes. and that he can't add up. In other words, the whole exercise is a farce. Which, which confirms what the average man in the street... But this won't the stop says. the excitement of the election. I don't think it's going to be a dull election at all. I think it's going to be well, a about, very exciting yeah, but one. You see, and what, look at what's happening tonight with the British National Party. There's a new issue, race, that's been that's thrown true. in yeah. to the pot of British politics. It's not going to be dull. Uh, and well, dull it, it won't be. As but it but the BMP, BMP coming in to speak yeah. the BBC, that's a PR... That's a very good PR stunt by the BBC because they will get a record number of Is listeners. Is that why they're doing it? I would say that's one of the No, I don't no, think so no, at all because he speaks every night, this chap, on every TV programme. It's just he's on Question Time, which is their programme. And this man got a million votes. We hate it. 900,000 in the European election. Yeah, two, two seats. seats in Parliament. Last night he was on the rival uh, Channel 4 News sitting in the Strasbourg office with his poppy on, looking like, you know, any other MEP. It's very yeah. hard to say we don't like well, that MEP. he is any other MEP. Yeah, but they all get a little chance, and he's only getting a little okay, chance. OK, come back to this idea of leaders, though. I mean, going back to the thing, we had uh, Mr Clegg for the <coughs> Liberals, who you don't reckon much on, do you, uh, Christopher Walker? Uh, no, no, not no. at all. We had David Cameron from the He's better known for the number of people he slept with before he became an MP, because he unvertedly <laughs> gave it out in an interview. Oh, he's a good man then. So we've got, <laughs> uh, but you don't think much of him. No, David Cameron <laughs> of, of the Conservatives, you don't think much of him either. Well, no, and I have to Gordon be... Gordon uh, Brown, you don't think much of him No, either. I think the jury's out on Cameron. But Is he's not wildly loved. People, I don't think, have made their mind up. But on Gordon Brown, there's no doubt at all. Look at the polls. They're absolutely <laughs> disastrous. Let, let, let's get... And don't forget Tony Blair. I mean, he's... Uh, yeah, Blair. well, he's now extremely unpopular. And it was, it was Enoch Powell who said, unfortunately, every political career ends in failure. 
And I think the fact that Blair was once so loved, we have to remind ourselves <coughs> now. And soon he's going to be president of Europe and uh, he'll be amongst us all again. Right. Yeah, I think that uh, David Cameron's um, forte is he's never been in office. Mm. He's never been a minister. So therefore, if you like, he's pristine fresh. Uh, and nobody can say to the but well, like Churchill in 1940, look at the Dardanelles, that was, that was a disaster, mm. why should we trust you now? And now this, this is the millstone around your, around your neck. Cameron, there's no millstone, because he's never been in mm. office, and he can start off and go forward and so on. And if he's wise, he'll copy really the tactics of Tony Blair. Tony was a marvellous PR man. But How it's interesting, that Churchill, Churchill and the Dardanelles, and nobody trusted him for a long time, and 15 years later, is, or 16 years later, is a wartime leader, isn't he? Absolutely, mm -hmm. but I mean, everybody reckons that as a peacetime politician, he wasn't very good, no. especially when he took charge of economics. But, I mean, he's the leader. You talked about leaders. Yes, that's what I mean, we're looking at, the idea of leadership. His name has really come up, hasn't it, again this week in this row about the British National Party, because they've been using his face for their Churchill. publicity, which is, uh, you know, touched an immediate chord in every one. I think British people uh, of all parties are able to talk warmly about Churchill. Now, Thatcher is politically divisive, although she won a war that the British people loved. But she was a leader, problems. quite a distinctive leader, because, I mean, mm. leaders do this, don't they? Mm. They divide people. Uh, a first-class leader, first uh, leader is always yes. someone who goes against the grain who in fact takes decision which, uh, decisions which the majority of people may in fact disagree with, but they believe in the long term these are the best decisions for the country. After they've been voted in? Yes. But the first I think, yeah. Christopher, I think this morning you brie briefly met David Cameron in Parliament. Uh, he has a presence. He has, he's tall, he's imposing. What I'm not sure whether he's got the backbone for the times of crisis that we are going to well, face. Well, we very rarely know about yeah. opposition leaders. No, so I think he's, got, he's got the chance. He's got the chance of really showing leadership over the next few years if he becomes prime minister. He must tell the British people, uh, talk about some of the issues that really worried them. It's not just the expenses. Well, look, let's forget that part of it, what he should do with his political tactics. I mean, I'm just thinking of image that, I mean, the British mm. people... Uh, I really like bad-mouthing anybody who's almost so successful. Yeah. Um, yes, yes there's, a, there's a culture uh, of envy. Well, it's the English uh, idea mm. of self-loathing. Yes, it's, it's mm. an English cult uh, a culture of envy, uh, which you don't get in other countries, where they look up to politicians and so on. Um, some some politicians, but I don't think Sarkozy is being looked up to anymore at the moment. No. Well, it's yes, very difficult to look up to Sarkozy. But, the, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but they did. He was well, very very popular. Well, I, know, I know he's only uh, five foot something, but yeah. um, when he goes and promotes his twenty-three-year-old son, uh, you know, to one of the biggest quango jobs in Paris, and you read these marvelous stories in the French press about Prince but Jean. But we still like him, actually. He's but still, we like him, but yes. we are not French. Well, that's. Well, my point, I mean, I'm just wondering well, if The French we... like the Queen more than, you know, many of our citizens Oh, do. I think we all like the Queen, don't we? No, don't be silly. You like the Queen, don't you? I do, but I'm... You How, know, has you, you like of... the Queen? I am at heart. Good, of good. Oh, of, course, of course she is. Well, there she we are. Splendid job. Right. <laughs> now, listen, job. the point is we all look elsewhere for our leaders, don't we? Um, I mean, it's, I find it fascinating. You were talking about... Uh, Christopher, you were saying that when come the election, everybody get very excited about it. I still believe that we spend longer, a longer period, looking at the American elections than we do our own. Well, I mean, which it is goes bigger on for and more months. influential power in the world? No, but it's a spectacle, is what I'm saying. 
Well, yeah, there is. We know the, the American election never ends. Once they finish one, they get on with another. Yeah, but it's, it's you know the and BBC, for example, will sell cast of thousands out to America, and they do sort of from the, was it from the shiny sea to the whatever uh, yeah. programs. Every... Well, we like a bit of razzmatazz. You were at the Conservative, Labour, and Liberal parties. What was it like? You know, did you get the you know the umpire band? Or, no, uh... I caught up in my sleep. I have to tell you. Yeah, well, <laughs> they, but is that not because we have a different type of politics? Right. Yes, we 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 don't we wouldn't be terribly impressed with lots of sort of yes. girls waving pom-poms saying speak David yourself, Cameron's speak the man. Yourself. <laughs> speak for yourself. Listen, I, listen I think... on the line from uh, uh, in University of Utah, I hope, where he is Professor of Politics, <laughs> Michael Stathis. Mm-hmm. Michael, you haven't gone to sleep yet. Uh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Listen, are Americans as scathingly disloyal to their politicians mm. as we appear to be in this country? Uh, by the way, just for the record, we, we are very fond of Her Majesty here. Right, <laughs> but uh, as to the presidency, no, there uh, there's a, a kind of uh, new, well, a modern phenomenon in American politics we refer to as the personal presidency. Um, modern technology uh, has allowed a modern president to develop a relationship with the uh, the, the people, uh, unlike any other political re- relationship, and because of that, like him or not, uh, the the president is closer to uh, the, the people than any other official uh, in, in, in government. And that's a tremendous advantage, especially if you go into it with a certain amount of, uh, of popularity and enter um, uh, Barack Obama. Yeah, I suppose, that, yes, I can see that. For example, when, um, when President Clinton was being investigated over the Monica Lewinsky thing, um, in some ways, his, his ratings was around about 68%. Now, whether that was admiration of his lifestyle mm-hmm. or not, I don't know. But there was a sense that government, which people don't like, were getting at their champion, in fact, their monarch, in, in some ways. Oh, I think so. Um, uh, the Clinton example is, is, is a very good one, and uh, uh, even uh, George W., to a, a, a lesser extent, um, that person is the president of the United States with a capital P um, He's and, head of state. in italics, and they are the symbol of the, uh, the people, uh, really. And because of that, um, it, it is argued that, uh, you know, the people owe a certain deference to the president, uh, you know, whether they like the, uh, the, the, the person uh, or, or not. And uh, it, uh, it gives the modern president uh, a, a position vis-a-vis the other branches of government, particularly Congress, uh, enormous uh, authority. Do Americans... Um uh, keep remembering their presidents? I mean, do they talk wistfully or, or cite the actions or the policies of, for example, I suppose you couldn't go back to Monroe, but I mean, but, but sort of Wilson, Clinton, Reagan, FDR, Truman? Oh, sure. Um, you, in fact, uh, uh, the major publications and historians and political scientists every couple of years will issue a poll um, of uh, the greatest and the worst uh, American presidents. And uh, normally fairly uh, accurate uh, uh, in terms of what they did, but also accurate in terms of the way people uh, look at them. Um, there is a reverence for the early presidents. There is a reverence for uh, 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 Teddy Roosevelt, uh, for Franklin Roosevelt, uh, a reverence for Kennedy, uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, even uh, a kind of an odd nostalgic fondness for, for Bill Clinton today. Mm, and for Jerry Ford. Oh, Yes. 
By the way, the only living president, well, the only president that I actually met, uh, uh, although of a different party. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I thought you were going to add that in. Listen, um, stay on the line, Michael. I want to bring bring in some of the chaps here. Um, Okay. May may I say, Michael, Mm. please come back under Her Majesty's umbrella again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, well, not his lot, anyway. They, they went out a totally different way. Listen, um, Ch- uh, Martin, the, Mike was saying there that how people talk with reverence about Bush, Clinton, Reagan, or they, or they discuss him and, and they have polls. They have polls in this country, but really the only people that ever people discuss, one's Thatcher, one's Churchill, and one is probably Lloyd George. Yes, you go backwards. And one of the reasons why Americans are happy with the presidents is because they feel themselves to be a strong nation strong state uh, uh, playing a leading role in the world. If your state is on the way down, uh, you tend to blame uh, the leaders. And so therefore, uh, in Britain, you go back, say, 20 years because you know, Brown and uh, Blair are disasters. And so you go backwards and you find somebody like Churchill uh, as a great war leader and so on. And the, the popularity of the war in this country is quite astonishing. Mm. Uh, um, you, could, you could do programs and books forever. So therefore... This, there must be some psychology in this that people look back to a period when the nation was united, there was a common goal, and they had a great leader, and he had a simple message, and everyone understood that. Michael, there's another side of this, isn't there? And that is that um, not just the presidents, but quite a lot of, for example, people in the Congress are international figures. People still remember the name Stuart Symington. They remember the name Barry Goldwater, and, of course, um, uh, the, the Kennedys as well. Oh, Absolutely. And, uh, of course, some of the names uh, stand out uh, 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 almost in myth-like uh, quality today. And, uh, of course, uh, Kennedy uh, would probably be on the top of that list. Obama's mm-hmm. leadership is being tested, isn't it, like none other since Kennedy on domestic and foreign policy terms? There are so many uh, uh, haunting similarities in the situations, uh, the popularity of uh, both uh, individuals as they took office, um, uh, the challenges that, uh, that exist, probably more so for, uh, for Obama. But um, uh, one case uh, in retrospect concerning Kennedy and, of course, in focus uh, uh, with Obama today, uh, a comparison of uh, Kennedy's struggling with what to do with the emerging situation in Southeast Asia. Um, and, this was uh, what, 1961? To... Yes, mm. uh, and whether to develop a, a new policy there or uh, abandon um, uh, what had been done uh, in previous administrations. And um, we, of course, will never know uh, uh, what he had up his sleeve because, number one, he had made it fairly clear uh, he was not going, going to announce anything until after uh, the 64, uh, well, after his reelection, which was kind of a given. And, of course, that never took, uh, took place. Uh, Obama's a different situation. But, again, we're waiting. Um, it, it does seem fairly clear that uh, he is going to uh, announce either a new strategy or uh, uh, some shift in strategy concerning, uh, concerning Afghanistan, and probably something quite different than uh, he, uh, he used uh, as an election ploy uh, last year. I mean, what's, yeah, this is fascinating because we're all saying, no, we're not all saying, a lot of people are saying um, Obama's not making up his mind, he's hesitating, etc. You go back to 1961 and, uh, and John F. Kennedy doing the same thing, but the distinction is this. Kennedy 
was the first president for a long time to make up his mind about strategy. He would decide the strategy. Isn't that what, exactly what Obama's doing? He's saying, I hear what, what you're telling me to do, but I'm not just going to say yes or no. I am going to think through strategy. There's the connection. Well, I think so. Uh, now, other presidents have determined strategy, and uh, of course, we think uh, fondly of uh, the the grand strategy that uh, won World War II, uh, determined by Roosevelt uh, in uh, association with Churchill. Um, and uh, well, I, I suppose uh, that uh, Bush could be. Uh, uh, called a president who determined a strategy for the invasion of Iraq, not a happy one. But this is going to be, uh, uh, I think, a definitive decision for, for for this president. We we have moved away from Iraq. Iraq is kind of taking uh, care of itself a little bit, and it will solve itself. Um, but uh, Afghanistan needs a decision. Uh, which uh, which way to go, and it, it's going to determine the future of this presidency. It's going to determine the future of, uh, I think, this country and foreign policy, and uh, relationships uh, with other countries around the world. Uh, in addition to what will happen to Afghanistan itself. Right, Michael Stathis, thank you very much indeed. Um, Christopher, yeah. Christopher Walker. Um, I think that strikes me here what Michael's saying is that. Uh, there is President Obama, he's going to make a decision that will affect a lot of people, including us. In some ways, some ways, the Americans elected our president, didn't they? They did, in some ways, and I think he also put his finger on the fact that their president is head of state as well as head of the government, whereas ours... Hail we, to the chief. Yes, whereas... Uh, yes, indeed, and the uh, star and, and stripes, you're in a way salute, saluting the president every morning. But our queen has survived so many prime ministers, I can't count them. They come and go. She gets the affection, as you rightly said, of the people in general. That's the way we run our government. And our politicians <laughs> look much smaller characters. And it really is the size of the character. that We're in the media age now. That's the other thing. Americans are bombarded. You know, we are not bombarded with our politicians, funny enough. It's rather select programs. Mm, Look, uh, politics show, very well run by Andrew Neil on the BBC, two top MPs on it, really good watching, 11.20 at night. I mean, this well, wouldn't... Only, it's probably only 1,120 people watching it as well. <laughs> well Hesher, Christopher, you want to make I've a point? been to America several times, and I've noticed that when the president is mentioned, the reigning president, the hush falls upon the, the gathering as if there's some reverence. Once they have elected mm -hmm. someone to be president, they... Think of him as you said. But they are electing him. And he remains state. president, yes, right. doesn't he? Forever. Yeah. Uh, they call him president. His name is Nixon. And yeah. even though one yeah. of them yes. said, I'm not into this vision thing. Do you remember him? Yes. <laughs> Bush Walker. Yes. 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 The interesting thing about America is they, they decide to get rid, rid of the kings and queens. But in reality, they put one back. And the president of the United States is, in fact, a king. Uh, he governs and he rules. Well, this is what mm. we wanted to do in 1658, except and, he died. And also, and he's to be extremely rich to get there. Yeah. You and don't have poor the advantage, is, mm. the advantage is, he's only there for maximum eight years. Okay, listen, when, when yeah. did the British... When did the British produce a Kennedy? I mean, was was Blair a Kennedy? No, he he wasn't. He didn't. Uh, uh, he he faded, as we've already said. He's now hated. The one major oh, hang on, strategic hang on, hang on, hang decision. On, hang on, hang on. He. There are a lot of people who do not hate 
Well, a lot of people uh, dislike him. I mean, that's why there's such a large number of names on the petition to stop him being president of the EU. Well, a lot of people (laughs) don't like him either. But um, I think the thing you've got to see is that uh, we can't compare Blair with Kennedy in the way he thinks, because he took us into Iraq. And that was a, you know, and everybody can see a mistake. He saved NATO by doing that. Kennedy got into the Bay of Pigs. But the thing is that President Kennedy didn't achieve anything. He wasn't there long enough. See, he died, and the argument is, (laughs) had he been in office for eight years, he would have failed. Do you know the most important bit of legislation Americans reckon that Kennedy put through, and that was raising the the basic, uh, the minimum um, working wage? Uh, from a dollar to a dollar fifty and a dollar twenty-five an hour. Mm. It's amazing, because, isn't it? Well, isn't our the politician who did most probably for our century in lasting terms was probably Attlee. And his personality, yes. the Labour MP Come on, tell after it, the remind war. people what he well, did. Well, he was a, a small sort of band. 1945 was, to 1951. Yes, he beat Churchill. Uh, Churchill couldn't believe it. Churchill couldn't believe it. So but nobody could believe it because he was the most uncharismatic-looking man that you've probably ever seen in Number yeah, Ten. What, what was the joke? But he ran a particularly brilliant I government. Mean, so much so men. that a lot of people who'd voted Labour thought they were still Mr. Churchill would still be Prime Minister. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's true. true. It's true. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, Churchill came up with the joke that a taxi drew up outside uh, Ten Downing Street and uh, outstepped nobody. Yes, and of course nobody was Mr. Attlee, but Mr. Attlee would go down as the most brilliant administrator, mm. as the most brilliant Come on, administrator got to be, uh, in contemporary British history. The National Health Service, the National Health Service, the Education Service, always, which was in yeah. fact the Tory Butler. idea. But. That was Butler, 1944. Uh, Christopher, by some quirk of accident, uh, <laughs> there are no accidents. I've been I've been in the same small room as all British prime ministers since Macmillan. <laughs> I have to. I have to admit that when what I met... What small room was that? Uh, in the House, of, 10. House of Lords, the drinking room, etc. But, but I must say, I must say, by the we time... We call I'm, the smallest room something quite different. But, 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 Wait a minute, <laughs> on, let, let the man speak. By the time I met Macmillan, Callaghan and Wilson, they were all old people, and, and Mrs. Thatcher as well. But I must say, two people, two of them, struck me as having... Presence. One was John Major, who was, of course, not regarded as charismatic. The other one was Blair. Blair was the most charismatic. He walked into the Downing Street press room, and all 40, 50 of us thought we were in the presence of a great man. I do believe, by the way, that by going into Iraq, he saved NATO. Right, okay. Listen, um, I just want to think about uh, something else, because yesterday was. Trafalgar, 21st of October, 1805, uh, uh, 204 years on. Uh, On the line from the University of Salford, where he is Professor of Naval History, is Eric Grove. Eric, why has Nelson survived as the only... Don't tell me because he was a sailor. Why has Nelson (laughs) survived as the only British military hero hero who is famous enough for the average Briton to have heard of him now? Well, I mean, he's... He's a hero from central casting, you might say. I mean, he, he, he loses the sight of an eye, he loses an arm, he becomes quite literally a very distinctive figure, and he, he, he wins perhaps the Royal, Royal Navy's greatest victory over its enemies in its, in its, um, in its history. And is that the Nile? he gets killed at the time of doing it. Yeah. So therefore, you know, it's, that's classic hero material. Also, it must be said, Nelson was spun somewhat at the time because the war in which Trafalgar occurs, the War of the Third Coalition, was actually a war we lost 
and William Pitt the Younger uh, actually died as a result of the sort of emotional pressures of the of, of the war having gone so badly. So uh, if if Trafalgar had not been a great victory, heaven knows what his morale would have been like. But it's, it's Nelson, isn't it? What what still attracts us about Nelson? I mean, well, I mean we, we've got Wellington. I mean, what happened to Wellington? Yes, Wellington's injury. I mean, I think Wellington is still quite famous, actually. I mean, I, I mean, I think that if you, I mean, it's interesting that this war produced two figures who are really quite commonly known. Of course, Wellington lived well, on, went on for long Prime enough, Minister and, was, and, and his reputation suffered somewhat. But, but uh, I, think, I think also Nelson, of course, having you know, a square named after the battle, mm. Trafalgar, there he is, m- m- uh, uh, many times natural size, and being a small man, he would probably like that if he, if he knew about it, on the top of the column overlooking London. I and mean, it is, public... it is quite a dominant position to be in. Yeah, Eric, <laughs> that was by public pres- uh, prescription, wasn't it? Because the government wouldn't put it up. That's right. I mean, it, it, he was, and I think Nelson always had a popularity among the common people. I mean, it was he, he was the hero that you could make the people like. If you look at the crowds that used to follow him, it was quite remarkable. And I think his racy private life helped. I think Emma Hamilton was a great assistance in this regard. I think that the, that that the uh, that the uh, that the Georgian public really rather liked that, and uh, uh, and that helped him in, in 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 his status as a popular figure, a celebrity of his time, in fact. Yeah, I mean, I. I... I wonder, I mean, it's the, it's the most obvious question, but, uh, but if you look at some of the modern or, or, or later uh, commanders, I mean, Montgomery, he must be a, pretty much a close runner-up, isn't it? Or I is that Montgomery just for one generation? And again, he was a person of distinctive appearance, and like Nelson, he, he, uh, you know, he liked different clothes, you know, that rather strange beret, uh, a distinctive beret um, he, um, Two cat um, um, he wore. And, 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 so, and so, yes, I mean, I think Monty recognised that with a conscript army, you have to have a celebrity figure running it. And he, and he was very good at, 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 uh, at pursuing his popularity, as indeed was Nelson. Nelson revelled in his popularity. He, he, he absolutely did. And, and he couldn't have wished, in fact, for a better death. Yes, I mean, if he hadn't got that better death, do you think we would still have that same uh, vision of him? Perhaps not. Perhaps not. He might have, you know, he might have become a rather sort of, you know, grumpy old man, and and uh, Emma would have declined, you know, and and, and so on. And and, and although, although I, I think that his position was so great that he would probably have retained his popular position uh, uh, until, until he died. But going the way he did was certainly a great help. Oh, I mean, Emma sort of ended up as a blousy old baggage in, in a B&B in Calais, didn't she? Exactly. I mean, it's tragic, really, because Nelson wanted... The, you know, he, he left her to the nation, bequest to the nation, the famous film. Uh, and and, 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 and uh, I, I think he would have been quite shocked at the rather disgraceful way Emma, Emma was treated. But George, but the, the palace didn't like her very much. Yeah. Tell me, anybody here think about the modern crop of uh, characters um, that are household names at the moment. I mean, I suppose General Petraeus? No, I don't think so. Do you particularly? I was going to say, you you know, it helps when you've got a Hollywood movie made of you like Patton. Yes. I mean, that, what about that your, little... one of your blokes, uh, oh, Moshe Dayan? Moshe Dayan, I was going to say, he's absolutely my, you were going to ask uh, what our heroes was. He was going to be uh, top of my list. Um, because of the way that uh, he went through life, and he looked the part. And the fact he lost his eye fighting for the Brits and not for the Israelis uh, was always something that endeared him to me. Yes, it was. he was fighting the Free French in Lebanon. They shot his binoculars out. Yes, what Not the Free French, there's sorry, another the Vichy, Vichy French. French. There's another great military leader, Marshal Zhukov, Georgi Zhukov, uh, whom I suppose 99% of the population... Uh, doesn't recognise, but he was the man who defeated Hitler 
If you want a military... Not 99 of the Russian population. Well, uh, I mean in Britain. I'm talking about Britain. Mm. Okay, Zhukov defeated Hitler. If it hadn't been for Zhukov... Uh, We might be living under high Hitler. Yes. Hashir, have you got a hero like this? I haven't got a a modern time hero, but I've got two. One of them at the Battle of Salamis in 480 defeated ancient Persia and saved Greece for Western civilization. The other one was a contemporary of Bach and was related to me on, on my mother's side. He was the Shah of Persia. What he, he He's would, always bringing his family <laughs> into it. But he would not call himself Shah. He called himself deputy. Can you believe it? At the time of Bach, ten years before the, the French Revolution he died, his name was Karim Khan de Zand. He was Shah of Persia, but he would not allow himself to be called Shah or King. Eric, um, given that um, we all love Nelson, uh, or his image anyway, uh, who's your hero? Who's my hero? Have you got Uh, one? Lord Chatfield. Chatfield. First sea lord in the 1930s, the man who Didn't prepared write the Navy to fight the Second World War. <laughs> Did you not write his biography? Well, I was, I, I was going to, unfor- <laughs> uh, but unfortunately I got diverted into writing a book on the post-war Navy instead, Vanguard's Trident. But, uh, but, but I'm still hoping to do something on Chatfield. I think his, his memoirs, which had to be published in two separate volumes, might make quite an in- interesting book with a modern intro. So I'm, I'm, being, uh, I'm, I'm beginning to think about working on that. He certainly needs more recognition. I mean, but does he's a very rate, important figure. Does he, does he, if you did so, and then somebody made a film about him, would they say, Struth, we didn't realise we had such a hero? Not really, but of course he tended to be a hero more in policy making than actually in action, although of course he is the key, he is his Admiral Beatty's flag captain. Of course, I suppose in a way Beatty, uh, uh, I think Stephen Roskill called the book he wrote about him the last naval hero, uh, and, to some extent, and, and, and to some extent that's true, although I think he was a rather flawed hero. I mean, Chatfield's interesting because he is so important, yet he's so little known. I mean, he's an absolutely key figure. The Navy worshipped him. I mean, Dudley Pound went to ask him, should he get a peerage? He was the first sea lord in the Second World War. Um, should, he, should he accept a peerage from Churchill? And, and Chatfield said no, and Pound didn't. Well, we won't oh, either, no Eric, because we're going. Okay, uh, my right. thanks to you, Eric, to Chris Walker, to Hashir tomorrow, and to Martin McCauley. Uh, join us next week, Thursday, 4 o'clock UK time, or you can listen again and podcast anytime you like, bfbs.com forward slash sitrep. But from now, me, from Christopher Lee, and of course, Marion Hutt. <laughs>